0: The seventh episode of Obsessed and So Obscure, a Matt Berry music podcast. I am Jesse, and I am joined by Courtney. Hi, and Tara. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about music for insomniacs. And as much as I absolutely love this album, I have been dreading doing this episode because what can you do for an instant for an episode that's like 100% instrumental? So it's going to be interesting. We might do things a little bit differently this time. Um, We're going to try to break it down in chunks and talk about it in pieces. We also have some, a lot of interviews and quotes. So Matt actually wrote music for Insomniacs before he wrote Kill the Wolf. It actually came out in 2014 though, because acid jazz wanted him to do another mainstream album or, you know, as mainstream as Kill the Wolf is prior to doing music for Insomniacs because they thought that people would think he was crazy if he just jumped right into this full instrumental it was released originally in 2014 on blue I believe it's translucent vinyl it was very limited copies some of them were signed and then it was released again in 2019 on white vinyl which I think Courtney and I were extremely lucky because we may have gotten the last two reasonably priced still sealed copies like back Aww. to back now they're super
1: expensive and hard to find I owe Jessie for this one because she talked me into buying like the last copy on Amazon I was I was like, I don't know. It's forty dollars. I don't think I want to spend that. <laughs> and now it goes for close to two hundred.
0: Yeah. It's oh my god, crazy really? expensive. Always now. listen to
1: Jesse. Is the moral here?
0: Thank you. Yeah. Can you like yeah. skywrite that? Because I feel like not <laughs> enough people validate me
1: that'll be the header on all of our social media thank
0: you no we we I, I feel like I've been a really bad influence on Courtney because we started collecting kind of around the same time I started with phantom birds and then it really just escalated from there and now every time I see yeah. something I'm like oh look what I just found on Disco
2: <laughs> you guys have way more stuff than I do and I've been listening for like what 12 years or something I now officially impressive. have
0: everything except for the original <sighs> release of well not the original release because I do have the original release of opium because that was part of the box set but then I have um yeah I don't have when it was actually released on its own but
1: I'm okay that's my it. holy grail I still <laughs> yeah. need opium I've got everything else
0: I have I need opium list. you
1: guys don't even like opium oh my I god love opium <laughs> okay
2: love it. are you forgetting that... our opium episode <laughs> god, god, I am I pro that. opium <laughs> We, we kind of got into it too much during Witch Hazel. I'm like, we never agree. Except <laughs> we did at one point back in the day. So yeah. long ago. Uh-huh.
1: feels so idyllic now.
0: <laughs> we were just back young pups. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> We didn't know what this would become. (laughs) Hilarious. Starry-eyed and idealistic. (sighs) Anyways. Oh, yeah. So it came out
1: on White Vinyl in 2019. Increasingly hard to find now. Um, And it was, of course, also released on CD Digipack and uh, digitally as well.
2: I really want this album. Like, I'll be honest. I'm not like, again, we all have talked about this. I don't love instrumentals. But the album artwork is just so perfection. It's like, I want it on my wall. So let's
1: talk about the artwork let's because this was painted by matt himself as was we're going to talk after we talk about the main music for insomniacs album we'll talk about the music for insomniacs part four single and Uh, the covers of both of these were painted by Matt who as many of you know actually has a degree in painting uh, from his college days at Nottingham Trent University. This is part of a larger series Uh, there's quite a few videos from around this period uh, before he moved out to the country where you can see his London flat and see that he has multiple paintings up from the Music for Insomniacs or um, you know we're we're calling it that from this series where uh, which used a lot of round wide awake eyeballs kind of juxtaposed against sort of gradient backgrounds
0: you can see it best I think in the the making of kill the wolf video
3: Mm -hmm,
1: because you
0: can really it's just you get it's just in that room so there's a the three paintings behind him and yeah it's amazing like I absolutely love it I love the colors I don't know it's so cool I'll show them because you guys can't see it but my lock screen and my home screen my lock screen Is the main music for Insomniacs, and my home screen is the music for Insomniacs Four, and I-, I usually get tired of looking at the same thing. But these have been my phone lock screen and home screen for like almost two years now, and I'm still not tired nice. of them. I look They're at them really evocative.
2: I love yeah, they feature orange. in Toast of London, right at the back of uh, in Jane's office. Yeah, they
1: do. That's right. Yes. You can see both
2: paintings.
0: Mm-hmm. It's I kind think of a the... little yeah, and I
2: to always love them. I'd be like, I'm pointing out to my husband. I'm like,
0: oh. I think Look, it was only in the first season was the regular music for Insomniacs was on the yeah. wall. And I think in another pub, I think it was in a Colonial Club um, shot where you can see a poster with the music for Insomniacs part four.
1: No, it was it was in Jane's office. And I remember this. It was the scene where she was getting a massage by <gasps> like, I think it was a couple of nude men.
2: Because <laughs> nice
1: that scene is just seared in my brain. And that's what's in the background. It's kind of in the corner for of office. Have so. you watched
0: the new kids in the hall yet? Talk about being seared in your brain. But that's a story. No, for but I will know. Whole, other, whole <laughs> other. You said there was episode. wieners. So. so many wieners. Anyway, that's a tangent. We don't need to go. On. <laughs> um.
1: Insomnia is a really prominent recurring theme in Matt's music. It comes up quite a bit in the the lyrics to The Small Hours and Night Terrors which we'll be talking about in a few weeks. But this album is really inspired by and kind of conceived as a cure for his own insomnia. So we're going to be drawing from some different interviews where he really kind of discussed that experience and how this album came about and how this album sort of served as a self-cure for insomnia when some of the other suggestions he received were less than effective.
2: So this was taken from the press release for the album. Matt says, "Insomnia was." something I suffered on my own, so I wanted the creation of this album to be an equally solitary experience. It had to be completely personal, so I knew it had to. I had to record every note myself." And then he goes on to say, so the Time Out magazine article, he was asked, "'How did you sleep last night?' Fine. I'm okay now. The last time I really suffered badly was 2012, when I made music for Insomniacs. A lot of people stare at the ceiling or listen to whale song or distant pan pipes or all that cheesy shit, but it doesn't work. I was at my wit's end because there wasn't anything else to do other than go go for a run, and I couldn't be arsed to do that. My studio is next to my bedroom. I didn't want to waste any more time, so I just went in there at, say, 3.15 a.m. I started just trying to sum up the atmosphere with sound, because it's a great time of night, dead time. There's no noise anywhere, and no one's going to get in touch with you. Before I knew it, I had a bunch of things that I could dovetail into one another cohesively. The interviewer asks, it's unusual for a performer to want to send his audience to sleep. Yeah but that's good as far as I'm concerned. I would like to perform it live in someone's bedroom just to see firsthand whether it would actually work. Speaking of tiredness it must be important for a recovering insomniac to have a good bed. What's yours like? He was asked. It's the best. My dad once said to me spend all your money on a bed and a good pair of shoes because if you're not in one you're in the other. And that stuck with me. He and absolutely it sticks with
0: me too. He absolutely loves that quote. He said that so many times in different <laughs> interviews. Because it's such a dad quote too. It like it's really just the is. Thing. It is such dad advice and I love that. It's so cute. And also, I i mean, he said that his bed is great, but we all know that he loves shoes. So mm-hmm. I think that he's either still working on finding that perfect pair of shoes or he just really loves shoes.
1: Boots and sandals. Yeah, sandals. Which are kind of weird extremes, but... <laughs>
0: Except for on the back of the cover where he's wearing red Chuck Taylors.
1: We were speculating before we started recording that he just forgot to change into his boots for that photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only time you see him in sneakers.
0: It is. And then on the Music for Insomniacs 4 on the back cover... He's back in boots. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think, the same outfit, isn't it? It is. Matt,
2: come on to our show. These are the kind of questions we're going to ask you. They're very hard-hitting. We're going to be like, (laughs) did you mean to wear those shoes? The fans demand to know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it's really funny because he's—I've never ever seen him wear those ever in any other time. Have any ever other appearance? Him? No, but I love them. I mean, who doesn't love a good pair of Converse? I—I I think that's a good look, and I think he should go back. They really pop against
1: his black shirt. Yeah, black shirt. Yeah.
0: He's wearing like almost like a bootleg jean, surrounded by synthesizers and organs. It's a good look. It is a good look. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Suits him. There's your uh, wardrobe advice for this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's sure, your recommendations
1: you. and fashion advice. Yes, you get yeah. it all here.
0: Sure, he's listening and taking notes on this.
1: Okay, (sighs) kind of building on that in a Guardian interview from May 2014, just a few days after that, he talked about how the insomnia started with anxiety about getting enough rest before an important appointment. And that worry kept him up. So he started watching films to distract himself. Then suddenly it was 3.30 and it was too late. And it just created this vicious cycle. He said, once you're past that stage, then it's a nightmare. I'd fall asleep at 4.30 and then I couldn't physically get up. Up before 10 unless I had to. That isn't enough. I get into this bloody cycle where I'm so conscious of it that it's impossible to stop. So he decided to move into his studio next door and create the album that we're going to be discussing today. He said, I knew that this was dead time and I could be doing something instead of sitting worrying about not being asleep. That was important. I was despairing at the wasted time. He describes the experience of making this album as quote kind of dreamlike. He says sometimes I'd go back the next day and think wow some of it doesn't sound like me there are things i wouldn't have done during the day lots of things coming in and out of focus uh which is i think pretty accurate to this album um we know that matt loves synthesizers we know that synthesizer music is a huge influence on him and a huge passion of his but there isn't really anything else in his catalog that sounds quite like this it definitely doesn't sound like what you think of when most people think of a matt berry album
0: yeah it you can really tell the influences on this one at different parts with when- Mike Oldfield and Jean-Michel Jarre you can really hear all of that influence and we'll talk about it more but it definitely comes through in this. And I wonder if that's actually what he was referencing when he said that it it doesn't sound like him necessarily. I think maybe when you're sleep deprived and you're doing something sort of almost on autopilot, I wonder if that was just coming through subconsciously in a way, those influences. I think that's probably very much the case.
1: In the same article, he says, kind of talking about how he conceived the album, I tried to make it interesting, but I've left it as blank as I can. I've used basic elements such as water and air other than that it's what other whatever images you can conjure up from it I'm not trying to push anything on you so that totally makes sense that when he tried to leave this uh, music as blank and as just sort of open to interpretation as he could of course his formative influences are going to shine through on it
0: yeah absolutely yeah. can you hear it thundering here now it sounds so
2: cool because like we're about to get into kind of this funky stuff
0: Night- nighttime album it really fits the theme of this episode because yeah. when I'm trying to sleep I, I like to listen to thunder and rain just really relaxes me and then simultaneously there's been Courtney's had a thunderstorm in Austin and then Tara has one in Quebec and I'm about to have one in Florida. So we've just gone. So if you hear random thunder, it's one of us. (laughs) We're all kind of having simultaneous thunderstorms, which is super weird. Um, Setting the mood. It is setting the mood. I think it's really cool. Also setting the mood is that I slept like absolute shit last night because I'm experiencing some of this and I'll get into that in a minute. But anyway. As am I. Tara, how did you sleep last night? Weird.
2: I had the sleep paralysis says in the weird kitten dream Ugh, sleep
0: That's paralysis That's right you told us
1: about your weird kitten dream so yeah. we're all sleeping yeah. like
0: shit Sleep paralysis is the absolute bullshit. worst feeling ever.
2: So we get where you're coming from Matt. We all had shitty sleeps. Yeah.
0: And he mentions it a bit. He, he did an interview um, in 2014 on Stuart McConey's Freak Zone. He mentions in that interview the ambient stuff was far too ambient and anything else was far too kind of hectic. So that time of night, you've watched your fourth film. It's like half past four. So you're thinking what the hell am I going to do? So what I did do is just get out of bed and go into the studio, which is next door where I sleep and I just try to kind of sum up the atmosphere. Before I kind of knew it, like a month had passed and I had a whole album's worth. And then the thing is to get a different sort of pieces to kind of dovetail into one another. And that was the interesting bit for me. So then the interviewer says, musically, it reminded me of Heaven and Hell by Vangelis, sometimes sad, sometimes euphoric. Were you going through those type of emotions when you couldn't sleep? He said, yes, because everything's kind of amplified. Pretty mundane stuff feels very intense and troublesome. But the big thing is, I didn't want to put too much of myself in it. I wanted those sounds to affect people in their own ways, to tell their own stories, as it were. Selfishly, I did it for myself because there wasn't anything you know that I could listen to, and then I realized that that was ridiculous because I'm not going to be able to get to sleep to something I've made myself because all that I'm (laughs) gonna do, because all that I'm doing then is just going. I could have done that much better. I could have done that in a different way. I shouldn't have even done that. So the kind that kind of failed as a project. But you know, if it helps anyone else, then that's good. Um, I love that quote.
2: I know. I love that quote. But that's what I'm saying because that's what I picture of him. Him not being able to like just enjoy his own work like he made this essentially for himself truly and then I oh I can't listen to this because I am like hypercritical <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pick apart my own work even though it's you know anyways I just I just thought that was kind of really funny I like
0: that it is really funny and the part where he says that the most mundane things get amplified that's exactly what I feel like I just wake up in the middle of the night all the time with just like the stupidest things that cross my mind like yeah. some idiotic thing I said like 15 years ago oh, yeah. And you know, that pops back in your head at like three in the morning and then you just, your brain is on and you can't turn it off. That's my biggest issue. I can't turn off my brain. Um, It's because
2: we're geniuses. I think that's what it is. (laughs) All of us geniuses, we can't turn off our stupid brains. We should just be idiots.
1: But that really is insomnia in a nutshell, right? It's like nothing makes you feel like you've never done anything right in your whole life
2: than being stuck awake at three in the morning, just reliving everything you've ever said and done. Exactly. I don't know how to get out of that like loop of the thoughts yeah It's it's, it's difficult It's it's, this
0: album, of course Yeah, Yeah,
2: exactly (laughs) Just listen to this
0: Um, So the interviewer asked him What did he do finally to get over it And he said, well, it's kind of like those things, you know I mean, I know some actors that get in the state Because they think they can't keep lines in their head And all it is is you putting that in the front of your mind And the most important thing in your sort of day-to-day life And it isn't And insomnia started to become, you know, the most important thing in my head And then I thought, this is dumb So you make it smaller and kind of smaller thing until it's gone on. And that's what I did. Thank God. But you know, it could come back.
2: I really like that. Like That's very smart of him. And it's very true for all kinds of things, really.
0: It is. But I feel like it's also much easier said than done. Jumping
1: back to that Guardian article from around the same time, he ends that by kind of on a similar note saying, I think not dwelling on it might be the key. When you can't think of anything else, it takes over your day and you're lost from that moment. It won't rule my day ever again. I'm going to try to be in the driving seat. It's a nice thought. I think so.
2: And I, I hope just he's do- done it. Like I hope it's I hope he's not battled with it again I don't know you know he
1: has it. said in subsequent interviews because the interviews we're quoting now are all from the album release in 2014 there have been interviews since this time where he's because he's talked about it so much he's been asked has your insomnia come back and he has said that it has that it's something that tends to kick in when he's in a stressful situation or feeling anxious he a few years later talked about buying a house and how insomnia kicked in around the time he was buying his new house so I hate to say this was not the end of his insomnia saga but it's inspired Ugh. a lot of good music it has, yeah. the silver lining
0: it definitely has Um. so about the music in the same freak zone interview the interviewer asked him did you want that feeling sometimes troubled and disturbed and sometimes perhaps serene and he said yeah because that's what I would have been you know that's how I would have felt so it was always trying to sonically translate what kind of mood i was in that's the only way to kind of do it i wasn't gonna go in and write nice things because i didn't feel like that you know i was desperate and he asked did you try other types of music and he said yeah well i had some terrible advice i was listening to best of chill out and those things and they just drove me insane and then it was, you know, whale song and this guy that was speaking over sort of whale song and it was nonsense. If you don't care about any kind of music, then I'm sure it could actually work. But if you're sitting there going, why are you using panpipes on this? No one ever uses panpipes, you know, it's yeah. And the interviewer asked, Do you think the panpipe might be the worst musical <laughs> instrument ever? And he said, Well, it's one of those things, isn't it? Every keyboard comes out, the new ones, and they still have that as like one of the actual presets. And I think to myself why still put it on there and it's not going to be used by anyone unless they're mad
1: <laughs> and by the way if you listen to this was a radio interview so if you listen to the actual audio of this interview which we're going to be linking in the credits to this podcast he is like affronted by panpipes. like this <laughs> yeah. scars his very soul the fact that people are putting panpipes as a preset on keyboards sorry mm-hmm. matt i know this means a lot to you it's pretty funny
0: it is funny yeah. and i don't know <laughs> How you can be affronted by panpipes. Really?
1: And for those of you, I'm sure we're not the only ones who are here who have read a lot of interviews with Matt. He is really, really traumatized by these whale songs and panpipes. He mentions them (laughs) over and over. And over in every interview where he touches on insomnia, there's a Spotify uh, PM playlist that he made a few years later where he has a whole segment devoted to whale songs and panpipes and how they just made him sleep more poorly because all he could think is who made this and why and how much did it cost. Just hates whales and hates panpipes.
0: <laughs> I don't necessarily think that whale songs are that relaxing, but panpipes. No. I actually have an app that you can combine different sounds, and one of them. Is rain hitting a tin roof with some like distant thunder and burnt like yeah, crickets? I and I think there's like some very distant oh no, I don't use the pan pipes, I use wind chimes similar but different. Sorry, never mind. I <laughs> maybe the pan pipes don't work, but you know what else? I've actually tried to listen to this when I've been having trouble really sleeping, like getting to sleep, and it could be because I don't have headphones that are comfortable to sleep in, or probably that's part of it, but also it actually does kind of work. I don't know if you guys have tried it or not, oh, but yeah. it, it, it does. For me, it kind of works until you get into the parts, like the more scary parts in the middle, because that <laughs> wakes me up every single time. There's one part yeah. we'll talk about it in a little while where it's kind of just a, a yell and it, that gets me <laughs> yeah. every single time it wakes me up.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm like, I couldn't sleep through that.
0: <laughs> so I guess, man, if you do want to come and try to perform this live in my bedroom, maybe just skip that part because... Yeah, please. That part wakes me up. Don't like it. Right. Shall we dive into the music? Let's dive into it. The- Let's do it. So we're going to try to break this up into bite-sized chunks because I don't know any other way that we could possibly do this. I think we all kind of came to the same conclusion that the sounds sort of change roughly every five minutes. It goes into different moods and stuff. Not perfectly. doesn't work out that way. But it does. It does work out that way a little bit. For our purposes, we'll say it does. We're
1: not going to be giving star ratings to each section. We talked about that. But it's just because the album flows as a co here whole, there's just gonna to be too difficult. So we're really just gonna to try to talk about the album as it flows and as the mood changes, and just kind of touch on how it unfolds.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Humming. And like I said, Cecilia Fage does the vocals on this. Where there's not really vocals, but the, the humming and the choir sounds. For To me it sounds kind of like mermaid singing. Like that distant siren call. Yeah. I think it's very comforting. And the, the first few minutes of it, especially the very beginning, you can really hear that Mike Oldfield influence from Tubular Bells. He does play some percussion machines or drum machines in this and to me it sounds like bongos, which I think is an interesting choice. So
2: I have a different take on it. I <laughs> I always picture a dark, foggy church, and there is a thunderstorm raging mm-hmm. outside, which is appropriate mm-hmm. because we are currently in thunderstorm. And there is, like, a man in a dark hooded cape, and he's furiously playing on the organ as the fog <laughs> swirls around him and the candlelight flickers. And, oh, you know, at the same time, there's this uh, sexy lady go. <laughs> who is also in the church and she's ooing and aahing, and you know it's pretty but it's a little bit spooky and I'm there just kind of you know seeking refuge from the thunderstorm <laughs> and I'm a bit, bit freaked out by the whole scene but you know the music it starts to get slightly jauntier and and then I start to you know bob my head and sway and I I get into it more and <laughs> Swear to God, that's like every time. That's that's what I picture.
0: That's very elaborate, Tara. It is very elaborate. (laughs) I mean, the song is extreme. The whole the whole album is extremely atmospheric. But that's mm-hmm. definitely yeah. I can see where you're coming from. That I, it's the chanting vocals for me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. I can definitely see it that. Is, it puts me in a church
2: and like the organ music in the beginning. Like again, I don't know if it's like a real organ or a synth or whatever, but it just puts me back to I was raised Catholic, Roman Catholics. So we listened to a lot of dun dun dun, dun, dun mm-hmm. Like I mean, I guess it wasn't that dark. It was probably a little bit, you know more more happy, but yeah, it, it puts me back to church.
0: Yeah, I could see that. He plays like a billion different synths on this too. I'll, I'll do like that full list of all the instruments he played like I did for Kill the Wolf and I'll post it it's an impressive amount of synths that he does that he plays with on this it's I I don't know I don't know how you tell the difference between them but I know he knows and that's probably <laughs> no. extremely offensive I was gonna say don't
1: let him hear this oh my god we all <laughs> listen to his two S's for synthesizer shows so we should really know the difference between all of these
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. All I, I know learned I from notes. that second S's for synthesizers, Matt said fuck CDs, which <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he's so against CDs, but I mean, I guess that's fuck okay. Him. He's a vinyl yeah, junkie. He is. I don't even yeah. own a CD player. I have a billion CDs from like when I was a kid and stuff. And the only CD player that I have is in my car. And I think that I've had the same Jimmy Buffett best of CD in my car <laughs> for like... Since I've had my car for like 10 years. I
1: <laughs> saw an article the other day about how there is a CD renaissance coming. Like first there was a oh, vinyl yeah. revival, then cassettes, and Matt's reissued reissu- er, several of his albums on cassettes. And now CDs are coming back. So sorry, I Matt, under- you're behind the times.
0: I can understand CDs coming back, but why- I don't understand cassettes coming back. Cassettes were a pain in the ass when they were a thing. Yeah. Why? I, I mean, I just kind of thought it was a novelty, because it's definitely not for sound quality, I don't it's think, right? It's a display right? piece, I'm assuming. I don't know. It's I basically think I have, something
1: you put on your shelf.
0: I do still have some cassettes from when I was a kid, but I definitely do not own a cassette player. Like, for That's sure. Thing, though, not in even In this age anywhere. of, like, you know,
2: everything being online and, and music being so easy to access any way you want anything that's like a physical copy of something is kind of a little bit of a niche of something, you know, it's like, Oh, like I, I'm a vinyl collector. I'm a cassette collector. Like it's, You don't have to be doing what we're doing. And I'll
1: confess, I have this album on vinyl. We were talking at the beginning about how we both own the white vinyl copies, Jesse and I do. But I rarely listen to it, because if I'm listening to this album, I typically am either trying to sleep, or I'm doing a task that requires some concentration, because this album is great for that.
0: Yes, And I don't want to have to get up and flip it over. Yeah, I I do. I love listening to the actual record, but you're right, when you're listening to it for concentration, because I listen to this all the time while I'm working because it really is fantastic for concentration you don't necessarily want to get up and flip the record over it's too much work yeah plus this one is worth so much money now i don't want i don't want to miss that too (laughs) i mean if we're being realistic that's the real reason i don't i don't want to risk scratching it or anything must preserve yeah i think this is also in the first five minutes where my what i consider to be kind of space sounds comes in To me, that's like the quintessential synth sound is that like space. I always think of, uh, I always think of when you go to Disney World and you go on Space Mountain and when you're waiting in line, the soundtrack is just all like, and I just always consider that, which I guess is probably synthesizers. And I just always consider that to be space sounds now. That's what it sounds like (laughs) to me.
1: That sound is seared in my brain.
0: Yes, right. It totally is. So I was... really
1: think this first section—it's one of my favorite parts of this whole album—and to me, it just captures that feeling of twilight sleep yeah. really perfectly. Like it doesn't sound like insomnia to me. It sounds like that feeling where you're sort of halfway between being asleep and being awake, mm-hmm. and having a hard time. Like you're sort of having these lucid dreams, uh, but then you keep coming in and out of them. It sounds like that. It just
2: nails it.
0: It does. I totally agree. And you know what? I was listening to the, as kind of takes on something different. This isn't one of those albums that I've ever just sat down and concentrated on with headphones. And I did for this because I wanted to take notes on what I was hearing. And when I was listening to it, I thought, you know, I can totally see where he was going with this. Because to me, it sounds like Sleep Cycles. Like what Mm -hmm. you just mentioned that that's the early sleep stage where your brain is still kind of really firing, but then it starts to relax a little bit. But it really does seem like sleep cycles to me, even dreaming, having pleasant dreams and then having some nightmares. It really is interesting to think of it like that. I think the first, you know,
2: again, five first five minutes that we're talking about, I think that's the most relaxing for me and the one that the section that I would most be able to actually straight up fall asleep to. Yeah, I find in the later sections there's some stuff that kind of puts me a little bit on edge that Mm -hmm. but that 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 this section doesn't
0: and I think I read somewhere too that he kind of fashioned it as he wanted it something that your brain to focus on the sounds but not to be too distracting that you couldn't fall asleep and I I kind of do that I, I have a bad habit of falling asleep with the tv on every night because I do need that little bit of sound that I can just kind of barely hear it and barely hear what they're saying but it has to be yeah. very specific it has to be something that I've ever either seen a billion times like the Golden Girls or something without a lot of laugh track, something without a lot of sound effects or something with just talking like the Discovery Channel is fantastic for falling asleep my favorite is uh, River Monsters because Jeremy Wade's voice is <laughs> so relaxing that's my favorite thing to fall asleep to. I, I I kind of feel like he was going for the same sort of thing with this. It just gives you something to kind of focus on and then you just kind of go into unconsciousness.
1: Exactly. Something to kind of latch on to. Yeah. Not in your
0: own head. Right. Exactly. Then we get into like around the five minute mark is the first time you you start to be comes in with some chimes and then this is the first time you hear whispers.
1: I was not. And I've tried many, many times.
0: So this is what I got from the whispers. It's very hard when you're listening to because with headphones on, it's he's whispering in both ears and he's saying different things. So what I got is if I go into town, if I go into the orchard, possibly orchard, I don't know. And then I heard the word expectations. I heard Mm. the word reputations. And that was all i could make out in that first section of whispering but there's more whispering later that i could get more stuff out of it just sounds this part i think sounds really dreamy and kind of soundscape like there's like some bubbling sounds some chimes this part around the six minute
2: 52 i thought there was some really cool elements that were kicking in that just completely make me feel like i'm underwater mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the bubbles are bloop, bloop, bloop yeah. all around you. I'm Ariel, and my mermaid <laughs> minstrels are playing a gem deep down under the sea. Um, and that's, that's where that takes me to.
0: Hey, well, I got mermaid singing from the very beginning, so I totally get what sure. you're going for there. I mean, he talked about using
1: elements such as water and air. We're not totally off track. Yeah, that's true. That's no, true. i are getting
0: it, Matt. Yeah, I, I also noticed that the the bass gets so deep that it almost rumbles. Like, you know that sound when you blow a yeah. speaker? Gets mm-hmm. that, like, rumbly sound. I definitely hear that too. Yeah. And then there's more whispers. You and remember? you know,
1: it's probably worth noting that he doesn't use only synths on this album. No. It's very, very, very synthy, but he does use the electric piano, he also uses the organ, some found percussion, and you can hear the piano pretty prominently in this section too. Kind yeah. of floating above the sims
0: so there's another section of whispers around nine minutes and 30 seconds and i can make this part out a little bit more he said i think because it is very hard to make out more reputations and then the next thing you know everyone's saying it and then he says watch your step and then he says it's that kind of shit
1: Oh, I've never heard that last part. Yeah, But he was... really is getting at like the things that go through your head mm-hmm. at three in the morning when you yep. can't sleep yeah. and you're criticizing everything you've ever done. Like Absolutely.
0: this, is, this yeah. is how you
1: talk to yourself.
0: Absolutely. I really wish you could make it out more. And then a door opens. The sound of a door opens and you can hear him say, shh, shh. Who's that? Be quiet. I think that's one of the parts where it wakes me up a little bit.
1: Right. <laughs> the next couple of minutes after this part, to me at least, feel like fragments of dreams. There's kind of a lot of ambient noise. Um, There's the the music, of course, but you can also hear kind of children's voices, children's laughter at 12 minutes. More laughter, sort of almost diabolical sounding laughter to me, around 14 minutes. And so there's kind of this almost sound collage for a couple of minutes. And then it returns back around 15 minutes to that initial theme that you heard at the very beginning. It's kind of a dramatic buildup going back to that theme that winds in and out of the music.
0: I thought it was really interesting too because around 10 minutes it, you get that more space sounds and then it kind of feels a little bit more ominous and then it goes to the kids playing and then there's some like more light piano so it feels a little bit lighter and then the woman laughing but then it becomes like hysterical laughing mm-hmm. there's also some more of the percussion from the drum machines but it's kind of upbeat percussion too. There's so many layers to it.
1: And then at 17 minutes, um, after that dramatic build-up to the theme, you hear him saying okay, okay, with kind of a wailing voice in the background. I would
3: really
1: love to know the story behind or just the rationale behind the fragments that he did choose to make intelligible. Because, you know, there was a lot of thought, like, obviously, a lot of the whispering is pretty indecipherable. And he doesn't do anything by accident. I'm sure he put a lot of thought and a lot of intention into what you can actually hear and why. Right. I would love to know that rationale because it's pretty cryptic.
0: I would too. And that part doesn't even sound like him to me. At the, like around the 15 minute mark, I just thought it sounds, it gets really, really loud, more chaotic. And then it almost goes into a crescendo, like a day in the life. That's what I always think of when I hear that part. and then somebody crying for help, but I can't tell for sure because it's distant, like nightmarish kind of crying. It doesn't Mm -hmm. sound necessarily exactly like somebody crying for help. It sounds like a nightmare. The whole thing goes from like light and airy to nightmare. So dreams are only a couple of seconds long, even though you feel like they're an hour long. They only last a few seconds. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like maybe that's part of this too, where each little ominous tone to a happy sound, they're only like fractions of a minute long. Shit is starting to get a bit spooky. (laughs)
2: I don't see how this would put you to sleep. There's like a spooky demon, as well as like aliens that are shooting lasers. I I find it almost like a bit uncomfortable. So I was like listening to this today, specifically on repeat, and I had it on like full blast on my computer at work. And I had to turn it down. I was like, this is like a bit much. And I just find it like all of a bad vibe. Like
0: it's it's not good and again we've all experienced insomnia so like I I get it but yeah. Around the 18 minute mark we get into October Sun because this was written before Kill the Wolf so clearly he wrote this and then recycled it as he does for Kill the Wolf.
1: And then recycled October Sun many many times for other projects. This
0: one is just the very more synthy version of it obviously because that's mostly what he uses on this but you have a lot of the same sound effects too like the horse maze and
3: and we've got the most heart- popping. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like there's some background at vocals but you cannot make out what they say but you do hear the verse like a bad dream that never goes away C- were you able to make out what mm-hmm. he was saying in that other part i couldn't i can't either it's too garbled
2: yeah it's just like the alien version of october sun it's a little bit spookier
1: it feels kind of more hyperactive like it's sung through a voc- voc- vocoder vocoder
3: why i never say that
1: <laughs> vocoder i mangle that every episode <laughs> I initially wrote that it's sped up, and then I realized, no, it's not. It's the same tempo. It just feels sped up.
0: It does. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I don't understand why you can't say vocoder, like it's not part of your everyday vocabulary. (laughs) Don't you say that on a regular basis? Like in It comes up a lot please. in my
1: job as a social worker.
0: <laughs> it, you know, I would totally think it would. It does sound sped up, but it's it's not. I think it's just the synthiness of it. The
1: synthiness and also the complex rhythms. There's a what I'm assuming is a drum machine going in the background. And it has a much more kind of complex rhythm than what we hear in Kill the Wolf. It's I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it's, music theory to speak to it. But there's a lot going on there.
0: It is. It, it sounds messier sounds more hectic and
2: chaotic yeah hectic i like i like the hectic that's
0: that's um and then after that it just goes into more children it kind of almost sounds like somebody's running and then that's the
1: end of side a we should mention yeah october sun and side a and then we go to side b
0: is it officially side a and side b on the record or is it part one and part two you're right well
1: it's kind of both side a is part one
0: actually it's really hard to tell on the actual record because the second side doesn't have any label it's just the picture of the eyeball
1: doesn't it say something like that side and this yeah. side?
0: On the other side, on side mm. A, it says this side, music for on the X part one. And then on the other and then it says that side, music for on the X part two. So there you go. And then like the, that. the that side part two is just a picture of the eyeball. It's just cool. I think the whole record is really cool. I'm a sucker for colored vinyl.
2: I don't know if I've, like, seen the inside of it. I've only really seen the outside because, again, I, I don't own it.
0: Would you like to see um, it? The visual. It's a cool looking album because our...
2: it looks like a giant eyeball.
0: Yeah, here. The eyeball
2: side does anyway.
0: This is um, super helpful for all of our actual listeners, but that's what that side looks like, and that's what. What? That's crazy. Like. That's oh, cool. Yeah. I like it. It's cool. All right, good job, Matt. To part two.
1: Like you were, you were just saying part two. Starts um, with kind of more ominous sounds. You hear a choir, you hear more um, Cecilia's kind of siren esque moaning vocals in the background. I wrote that this part to me um, sounds like storm clouds gathering. It really sounds. Yeah, it's It's bassy, very bassy. Spacey and um, just, yeah, ominous and dark.
0: Um, on side two or part two that sounds like it's a very specific sound I've heard this sound I grew up boating and all this and this sounds like when you're docked when you're on a boat and you're docked and the ropes that are holding the boat to the dock become strained there's a very specific sound that it makes of ropes being strained and that is the exact sound at a minute two I, that's exactly what it sounds like to me. It sounds like, you know, it happens when it gets a little rough and, you know, the boat is being pulled away from the dock and you hear the... It's getting taut. Yeah, yeah, you hear the ropes getting taut. Exactly. That's what it sounds like to me. But I, it's it's just this, I don't know if that's what he was going for, but that's a very specific sound that I recognize.
2: It'd be funny if it wasn't what he was going for, you know, and you just, again, you, you, you catch things from it and it reminds you of something from your own life and... He might not have intended
0: it. I don't know how you would even recreate that sound, which is strange. Synths, man, they're crazy. I don't know. I don't know if that's a synth <laughs> sound no or... Um, I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would have sound to be. Sound effect. Yeah. yeah, some sort of a sound he effect. He does
1: mention using found percussion, and the back of the album mm-hmm. doesn't elaborate on what that found percussion is, oh. just that he uses it.
0: I would love to know. That would be really cool to find out, because he doesn't usually do percussion on his albums of any He does on
1: TV yeah. themes. Too. He? he plays drums on one track, he plays bongos on a few tracks, and he plays found percussion on, I think, a few others. So he dabbles in it.
0: Really? We'll get there down okay. the line. And I wonder if the bongos that I thought I heard on the first part in the beginning were actually bongos then. and he just wasn't specific about the percussion or if it, it really was be. just we've, a...
1: We've seen photos of his studio and he does, he have, does bongos have bongos in there. He does have bongos, yeah. So that sort of storm clouds gathering vibe continues for about five and a half minutes. And then at around five and a half minutes in you hear a recurrence of that music for insomniacs theme that you heard at the beginning and you heard kind of weaving its way through part a and it turns into like a synthy almost chant i i wrote that's again indecipherable he really does you know it's kind of debatable how effective this album actually is to fall asleep to but you can't really knock how well he captures the essence of dreams and how everything Uh, just feels kind of slightly distant, slightly out of reach.
0: Absolutely. There's a part before that too, that it gets really quiet. And I think that's the part you might've been talking about where it's only the melody, Mm -hmm. probably the music for Insomniac's melody. And then you hear what sounds like meowing, like a cat meowing, like a meow, meow, but it's sort of high-pitched. And then uh, you hear a baby crying and what sounds like maybe a horse and buggy on like possibly a cobblestone or a gravel street. He
1: does have a horse and buggy license.
0: <laughs> maybe he yeah. was driving that horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. his found percussion. Because he's legal to do so. And then it's like the the more of a chaotic piano and the vocoder again, and he's definitely saying something, but you can't make out what it is. There's more chanting, and then it builds back up to more distant laughing and the piano, more of like the piano high notes, which makes it sound a little creepy.
2: Yeah. So like this whole album, again, I think it's I think it's really good, but I don't ever see myself listening to it to actually fall asleep. It's absolutely genius in how he breaks down again to me the, the sleep cycles and i think that's just kind of what's more apparent in the whole thing and, and maybe i'm just really wrong in that i don't see myself being able to ever doze off to this but it, it, it's just extremely well done and you can tell that you know he's really battled with insomnia and i think it's something we all kind of probably have um at one
0: point or another you know what that just made me think of is courtney remember when you said that i think you said your mom listened to something oh gather up and she thought it sounded a little like les Mis and the musical theater yeah. i was totally just thinking that this would be kind of like if you were if you did some sort of performance art of somebody on stage sleeping and this would be <laughs> like the perfect overall soundtrack to that entire performance i can even yeah. picture like on stage you know imagery in the back you know that part in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when they go through the the river on the boat and it's all those scary pictures and stuff. Could that I comes forget? Out. Oh god I can't I still can't as an adult I cannot watch that part it scares the shit out of me so but that's totally what some of the, what I'm thinking of that you could totally picture somebody on stage sleeping the the screen behind them with these crazy images and then just the soundtrack playing it would just be like amazing performing art performance art of somebody sleeping because you capture all of the sleep sleep cycles and and the 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 dreams and the nightmares and everything that happens. I think it's really, (laughs) I kind of want to see that happen now, even though it would scare me. (laughs) (laughs) We wouldn't want to watch it, but we want it to happen. Yeah, exactly. Just tell me about it afterwards. Yeah, Describe it to me. (laughs) Exactly. This is the part where it wakes me up for good and I cannot fall back to sleep. Um, Around the 8 minute and 35 mark, there's heavy piano and then a loud splash and then gurgling and then sounds like somebody drowning and underwater they're yelling. That's the loudest part, I think, on the whole album. And that, if I had any chance of sleeping before, I'm done at that point.
1: Those drowning noises live rent-free in my head. Those are so disturbing. It
0: really is. I don't know. It sounds very realistic. I guess we'll go with that. It sounds very realistic. Too realistic. Because that's exactly what it sounds like when somebody would yell. If you've ever stuck your head underwater in a pool or something and you've heard somebody yell, that's exactly what it sounds like. I'm
1: wondering how he made that or how he kind I of know,
0: right? came mm-hmm. up with that
1: effect. And especially given this was before he bought his house out in the country. This is when he had a flat in London. Um, mm-hmm. So presumably he had upstairs neighbors, maybe downstairs neighbors. And he was yeah. recording this in his home studio in the middle of the night while trying not to wake the neighbors. <laughs> Matt Berry might be kind of a shitty neighbor.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard anybody say a bad word about him. So I I cannot imagine that being the case, but I guess if you do live <laughs> next door to upstairs or downstairs from somebody who has a home studio, it could possibly it could be a possibility that he's a shitty neighbor. <laughs> Just all of a sudden, a baby crying and somebody drowning and screaming. Well, and you know, obviously the baby crying, the horse neighing, clip clopping sounds. Is it possible he just used sound bites that he found? Yeah, I don't know if that's something
1: that would come pre-programmed onto a synthesizer that you could program onto a synthesizer.
0: Man drowning. (laughs) Yeah, I mean baby crying. I think it would. Man drowning. Anyone? So sure. Man man drowning. I may be making this up, but I don't think I am. I feel like I read somewhere that he would record things on his phone when he was out and about, sounds heard that. Yeah, I've read that somewhere. Did he? I swear, I swear I've... I've
2: read that somewhere.
0: I swear I have. I don't think I'm confusing him with somebody else because I don't know. No, who...
2: I, I mean we'll find out once people listen yeah, to this. Somebody so will they're like, tell us. I've listened to every interview and that's not on there. I'll have to do some digging on that. I agree with you. So yeah, I don't remember that, but we're that's cool. Both
0: crazy. Still doesn't true. understand the man drowning because that would not be something you could <laughs> capture on your phone. So <laughs> that <laughs> remains a mystery.
1: The other side. Yeah. I'm just having an image of some. Poor guy drowning in the Thames and Matt just standing there wait, above wait. him with his iPhone. Let me get my phone. I'm trying to
0: get closer. Wait, wait, wait.
1: To the phone. Like... Start that over again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Can you start back from the splash? Because I need to get that. <laughs> it's fundamental <laughs> but i could definitely oh. see him getting the stuff like the um the kids playing at a park even a baby crying or the woman laughing hysterically i could see that being stuff yeah. that he just randomly recorded i don't know i really need to look for that now because that will drive me crazy if i can't i that. wish he, like he would just like
2: come and chat with us because we have we have pretty good questions <laughs> he probably won't think they're good but we we think they're really good. Like, how did you do the guy drowning? Were you watching a guy drowning?
0: <laughs> like Was this happening in real time?
1: Did you mean yeah. to wear those Converse on the back
0: cover or was that an accident? <laughs> yeah. That's a big question from this album. That was an oversight by Ben Meadows. He did not make he did not ask Matt to change his shoes first. And they're like, Ah, eh, we'll go with it. It looks good. So like, oh it's already in production. We might yeah. as well just go with it. Yeah. Anyways, what? where were we? Oh yeah. We are at the
1: terrifying drowning noises.
0: (laughs) Right. That's the part where I'm done sleeping for the night if I listen to this.
1: That's the part where if I'm already anxious, I'm just inching towards full on panic attack. Oh,
0: God, it really is. But after that, yeah, the music builds in intensity after the drowning, after the underwater yelling. And to me, it sounds like the space sounds mixed with underwater sounds. And then it gets real quiet again. And then it goes into what sounds like a a male choir or monks chanting hmm. that's what it sounds like to me it sounds like men in a, in a chorus kind of
1: like Gregorian monks or something yeah
0: like they're just doing like a chanting but it's not they're not really saying anything sort of although i'm sure the monks are actually saying something and then it feels to me it feels a little bit lighter after that and then um, there's another sound if the splash and the man drowning didn't get you that sounds like a, an explosion at around 14 minutes and 35 seconds you <laughs>
1: And then gurgling noises muttering
0: yeah baby crying more whispers another cat possibly another clopping horse it sounds like it's all of the I, I always forget what you sound oh sound collage it sounds like a sound collage of all of the sound effects that he'd used previously all mixed together it's yeah. very much a
1: sound collage at yeah. that yeah. point yeah and at around 15 minutes 15 seconds you hear a really discordant song in the background and almost sounds to me like Um, Maybe a nursery rhyme or a lullaby Kind of gone wrong
0: Mm, I missed that I'll have to go back and listen to that part
1: Yeah, I think that might be Cecilia. It's hard to really tell. Um, It almost sounds like it could be sampled from an old record or something. There's so
0: much stuff happening in that one particular section. It's a lot. It is. This whole half of the album is just, it starts off pretty benign and then it just gets darker and darker and darker. And then
1: it always returns to that opening theme. Around 16 minutes, it kind of subsides in intensity again. And it goes back to that initial tubular bells influence opening theme.
0: Yeah, it comes kind of full circle. It gets a little bit, a little fighter again around like 1830. And then around the 19 minute mark, it just goes right into deep bass and what sounds like EDM to me with like a catchy melody.
2: It's one of
0: his songs I said it's familiar But I can't place it It's like I like it It sounds a like little
1: it's... bit Like the preset And like a Casio keyboard Yes
0: That's exactly What it <laughs> sounds like I almost wrote That entire I almost wrote That exact thing It sounds like An old school Casio keyboard Pre-mix Like a built-in I used to play those sound. a lot So that makes yes. sense That I was I think everybody Had one of those When they were a kid But I. that's totally Oh you know what He still has that one That little white one Remember he showed it In the uh, word in Your Ear interview
1: Right wonder- the one he was gifted for Christmas When I think he was like 8 or 9 years yes, old Something like that I think like he that. said it was like Aww.
0: 1981 or something I wonder if that made a play into any of this I wonder if that was the pre-recorded sound On that that little guy
1: They asked him in that interview Because I have that interview just committed to memory <laughs> If he had used it in something And watched well, someone prove me wrong now But I believe he said he hasn't But that he totally would
0: Ah drat so, There goes that idea mm-hmm.
1: But he also has a horrible memory,
0: yeah. so <laughs> it's also entirely possible yeah. that he did and just forgot. Well yeah. He very well may not remember that. Especially if, if he was if he has, in the middle of the that. night. I don't know if he has a bad memory or a very selective memory. I think it might be a combination of the two. <laughs> a lot of the
2: men I know have very selective memories, yeah, and I would say that they are bad memories. It's a very male selective. quality. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you have such a selective memory, but like, really, I'm saying, like, how how does your brain work? Like, how do you forget that kind of thing? So, who knows?
0: So then the song wraps up after the EDM section slash Casio keyboard section. Um, <laughs> it ends with some heavy percussion sounds, and then it's got like this light bloop bloop kind of sound. <laughs> <It's> the only <laughs> yeah, way I can prescribe describe it. <laughs> and the last three seconds I think it's just sounds like crunching or like microphone somebody rubbing on a microphone or something like that
1: Hmm, didn't catch that part
0: maybe it was my headphones you like, oh, to this again. is interesting. <laughs> sounded, that's what it sounded like to me. I don't know. <laughs> you like, this is a great I way was to falling asleep by the end of listening to music for Insomnia X-Core. That's good, so. though. Music
1: for Insomniacs part four really does work as something that you could fall asleep to. I agree. Yes.
0: I completely agree. Much more than that. Yeah. I don't know if I was just sleepy from not sleeping well the night before going to bed late and waking up early. But by the time I was done listening to the whole thing, I was like, okay, I need a nap now. So maybe it's (laughs) not necessarily something I can sleep to, but maybe listen to before I go to bed as just a relaxation soundtrack. Yeah.
1: By the way, we should stop here and acknowledge that there is no Music for Insomniacs. Insomniac's part three, at least not that we've ever heard. It goes straight from part two to part four, which this is total speculation, but for those snuffbox aficionados among you, you'll remember that the Matt Berry Project's big song was Suicide Part Four, The Empty Room. And so is this a snuffbox reference? Maybe. I like to think so.
0: I also, I thought that it might be a Jean-Michel Jarre thing actually also. Oh, that's I, no
1: fun, Jesse.
0: Well, I don't know. Don't bring sure. him into this. <laughs> I don't think there's an Oxygen Part 3. Is there?
1: That makes a lot more sense. God
0: damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking right now. Is no, there there is, is. There Although there is, the Snuffbox there is, there is. There song
1: is. might be a reference to John Michelle yeah. Jarre. That's probably a lot more likely.
0: There is, though. Oxygen is Part 1 through Part 6. There is a Part 3. Damn it. In Equinox 2, there is a Part 3. So we'll go back to the Snuffbox Imagine, box theory. though. I like that the Stuffbox Theory really Suicide Part 4 slash Music for Insomniacs Part 4. Is Lost Contact, then, just kind of Part 3? No, Lost Contact's just Lost Contact. Yeah. <laughs> so Alright, so Music for Insomniacs Part 4, which is the single that was a record store day? Is that what it was? Just a record store day release?
1: It was, yeah. So In 2014.
0: I have one that's signed, and I posted a picture of it earlier. I don't know. I guess somebody probably got it signed at maybe a gig or something, or maybe it was personally signed. I don't know. I got it on Discogs. I've not seen another one signed, but I'm sure they're out there. And it's just like three minutes and change. It's very short, the first side. And to me, it just sounds completely atmospheric there's some choir sounds when I listen to it it sounds like a movie score almost like a very short something that could have been repeated as a movie score I like it a lot I think it's nice (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's nice. It's pretty. It feels shimmering. Uh It feels kind of what the sun bouncing off water looks like.
0: Ooh, that's very (laughs) descriptive.
1: Sometimes that English major comes in handy. (laughs) It feels like undulating waves of sound. But if I'm going to be totally honest, I struggled to find a whole lot more to say about this. It's very atmospheric and it's very ambient. And I don't know that there's a whole lot more there. Maybe I'm just exposing myself as someone who doesn't fully appreciate the sin.
0: No, I think you're right. It kind of just is. It's There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that yeah. particularly stands out about it. I think that's why I thought of it as a kind of a movie score, where it's something that's happening behind the action. Music for Insomniac's 4 confuses me. Because you've got this, and then the flip side to it, you've got Lost Contact, which is completely different than music anything on music for insomniacs. It's like yeah. a regular song. Doesn't it? It's fit in. got lyrics. The music has the same theme when it starts off as what sounds like some bongos and then um some clapping. It's got a similar melody, I guess, as some of music for insomniacs. But then but then there's lyrics and the lyrics seem quite weighty. It sounds like something he was definitely writing at a specific time in his life that something was happening. But I have no idea what that is. I can't make any sense of what the lyrics might mean.
1: about kind of taking a vacation, maybe grappling with fame and just needing to get away from all of it. But, um, you know, he says, no reason to believe I'm not coming back, just kind of needing a break and needing an escape, but not needing to fully check out.
0: Yeah. Or that it could, could be about drugs.
1: It could also be about drugs. <laughs>
0: it could be about that drugs. That works too. It does. I didn't even think about that. It does work also. It could. It's just repetitive. It just says the same thing over... That those are the only lyrics there's no reason to believe I'm not coming back it doesn't really say much else other than that there's another line before it but I don't think I can always understand what he's saying
1: I uh, got everything I need no reason oh right I'm moving at full speed got everything I need I'm moving at some speed but I'm coming back
0: yeah I think it just confuses me and it's this is one of those songs that I really 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 like and I It's strange to me that it's just stuck on the back of this very limited release single. But where else
1: does it fit? I mean, this album, even though it was written before Kill the Wolf, it came out sandwiched between Kill the Wolf and The Small Hours. It was recorded after Witch Hazel. Definitely would not fit on any of those releases. Like we talked about at the very beginning, this doesn't really sound like anything else he's done and lost contact doesn't really sound like the rest of this album but it definitely doesn't sound like anything else he's done i, I think this was just a one-off
0: i kind of think Could that it would have been tears. pretty I, I do think it would have been pretty fit in pretty well on the small hours or night terrors but he hadn't written yeah, those I yet. yeah it's just interesting that he didn't come back to it because sometimes he would put stuff on a single and then rework it for a later album too but this one is just kind of out there it's on spotify and you know what you can listen to it whenever you well, want but as and far YouTube. as youtube like and YouTube, right? But as far yeah. as like releases goes, it's just that's the only spot that it is. I don't think it's on Gather Up. It's not. Uh, Music for Insomniac so, no. Part Four is. Yeah, but Lost Contact isn't.
2: Well, because I had never heard Lost Contact before. You would mention it. In what we sh- like, you know, what, what we're gonna look at for tonight. And I was like, lost contact. And I looked it up and I was like, this song is pretty fucking bomb. How do I not know it already? Well,
0: and I think too, because a lot of people don't like the instrumental, the synthy, full, you know, musical, long form. I, I know Tara gets really yeah. impatient around the six minute mark. <laughs> six minute mark, yeah. So I think probably people that, that that's not their type of music probably skip music for insomniacs altogether, not realizing mm-hmm. that there's This little gem tacked on to the end of the single, which is Yeah, it is a little
2: gem. It's really good. I
0: put this in all of my playlists. I really like it. I I do too. I'm gonna now because it's really good. Yeah, I don't understand it but I do like it quite a bit. You don't have to understand it. It's just a little Ditty. I, I, I really like it. I like the kind of
2: simplistic lyrics of it. Mm-hmm. And the Repetition. Yeah, I, I and I usually I don't really like that stuff, but it, it really works for this one.
0: It really is a little gem. The end. So we didn't go through and give any stars. Do you want to do that now? What do we think about Music for Insomniac's part one? Oh, God, it's
2: hard to differentiate
1: half. part one and part two.
0: I always think of um. part one being a little bit lighter yeah two being it much is
2: darker i do prefer part one definitely i, I again i 4.4.5 out of five i think it's i think it's
0: uh excellent not perfection but it's excellent i think as far as listening to it for concentration and work music i give it a five i give yeah. i give it a five for sure i listen to it i have a, a soundtrack with ambient music i have a lot of like Brian Eno on there like his atmospheric stuff and this one just fits right in.
1: I will definitely concur with that. I'm a social worker so there's a lot of paperwork as part of my job and I've been taking some classes over the past year so I have to do a lot of studying and this is the best paperwork music and the best study music I've ever found hands down. It just gets you in that kind of trance-like state um, in the best possible way where you're just in the zone.
0: Both of us have attention deficit issues. (laughs) And I don't know what he may have tapped into on this album. I know he researched um, sleep cycles and BPM and stuff like that. But whatever it is really does the trick as far as getting you into a concentration mode.
1: Really, really does. That's an interesting point. And that makes me wonder if this is something that he knows intimately as well because it really just calms your mind. I'm gonna give this a 4.5 as well. It might lose a half star for me because of that part in the middle where it just sort of takes you out. I get what the sound collage part is doing, but it does break the lull of the music a little bit. But yeah, this really just works.
0: So part two, I would say just for that reason, because it's terrible for me to sleep to because it doesn't that wakes me up. But still good for concentration, but that the gurgling hand Sound kind of breaks it a little bit. Uh, I, I think like four point seven five on part two. Four
1: point seven five.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm usually like a whole whole numbers or a half number person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: hey, you don't usually
0: do. It kind of hurts my feelings to say four point seven five, <laughs> but I think it's perfect. Other than to, other than the loud splash and then the drowning and yelling,
1: it kind of loses the plot for me a little bit at that point, where it really just disrupts the music. Again, I get what he's doing. I appreciate the intent. I appreciate the dreamlike feel, but as a piece of music to actually listen to, that part is just unpleasant. It's so, so jarring. It's hard to loose. It's jarring.
2: It's very jarring. No. Good word. I like that one.
1: Jean Michel jarring.
2: Jean nah. Michel jarring. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that from now on. Instead of saying it the proper way, just say Jean Michel jarring.
0: <laughs> I don't remember hearing that on Oxygen. <laughs> So yeah, maybe it
1: uh, it loses a star for me there. I'm gonna give part two four stars.
0: All right, fair enough.
2: I'm gonna give it three point five. I don't know. I really, really, really like uh, the first part. I really like part one. I don't. I don't listen to the second part as much. Really, truly. I don't listen. I don't. Obviously, I don't have it on vinyl, so I don't listen to uh, to it there. But. No, I, 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 I give it a
0: 3.5. All right. Then moving on to, uh, I guess as a whole, as a whole, I would give music for Insomniacs five stars. Because I think it's a really, as a whole, I don't know if it does the job it was set out and meant to do. For Maybe it works for other people, but at, just as a piece of music, I think it's a really... Big accomplishment, especially considering the fact that he wrote that before Kill the Wolf. Like this is right after he did Witch Hazel. You know, this just sounds so much more polished than Witch Hazel did. Leading into Kill the Wolf, you know, and Kill the Wolf is polished too. But I think it sounds every bit as polished as Kill the Wolf. His take on the sleep
2: cycles is phenomenal. It's just, it it really like evokes like you know real emotion in you. (laughs) Again, whether or not that'll actually put you to sleep, uh, not for me, but. It, it definitely evokes that. And it's, it's, he's so creative. Like, it's just, it's, it's amazing how, uh how somebody can do that. Cause I don't know how you can be that creative. I, I
0: don't know. Like, how can you just, you know, that's a great thing. Yeah. I, you know, I can't sleep. It's three 30 in the morning. I'm just going to go in my studio next door and and do something with this time. Yeah. Whereas most other people who don't have that sort of creative outlet are just like watching TV or, reading a book or what else can you do i know you're not staring at the
2: ceiling and agonizing over the things you said 20 years ago staring at the
0: ceiling and saying oh my god i only have three more hours to sleep how the hell am i gonna function tomorrow which is the worst thing in the world for you to do everybody says that's the worst thing to do but like most people don't have that sort of creative outlet that they could just go next to their next to their bedroom and start recording an album thank god he did but you know he's so motivated like
2: god bless him he is just so good at like you know putting stuff out there and and we we definitely uh thank you for that matt it's much appreciated
0: absolutely Very appreciated did you guys do final stars on that one <laughs> no we um, didn't I,
2: i'm gonna give it a 4.25 yeah that seems pretty much right in between them so <laughs> oh yeah
1: and i am going yeah. to completely disregard the laws of mathematics tara were you gonna say more <laughs> Did I cut you off? No, no. Okay. I'm going to completely disregard the laws of mathematics because even though I gave one side, I don't even remember what I gave it, like a four out of five and the other a 4.5. Yeah. As a cohesive whole taken as one long work, I'm going to give this a 4.75. It really is in a lot of ways more than the sum of its parts.
0: Yeah. Flows together nice. beautifully. You said yeah. mathematics, which made me think of maths and we we don't say maths. But you say yes. maths in Canada, don't you?
2: No. You don't say maths? It's a British thing.
0: Oh it, mm-hmm. it is? I totally thought no, that was thing. Just math. Singular. Just maths math and sport. Please. I totally thought it was a Canadian thing too. Okay. No, right. we we have like some of the British stuff, like
2: spelling things correctly, um, incorrectly. <laughs> but uh, no, we we don't do maths, and uh, I, it's weird to me that they say like
0: hmm. okay,
2: like it's just it's very British. Like oh, we're going to maths,
0: math, do some maths. I can't even say math. that. I cannot say it plural. I can't have it. Oh, yeah. I kind of have a lisp as it is, and that is real effort for me to say. Maths.
1: Maths. Yeah. It's,
0: it's like say, weird. Like, say, like, say Barcelona, like with the Spanish accent. Say <laughs> <Just, like, laughs> lisp on everything. I feel like I would fit in really well there. <laughs> Maybe. Um, are we going to do Lost Contact? What do we think oh, yeah, of Lost we Contact? We didn't do, music we didn't do part X4. four either. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Music Friends from the X4, it's nice. It doesn't nice. stand out to me really in any way. It's There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I probably just would give it a four. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's nice. It's got a four.
2: See, it
1: is very nice and it's pretty. And I expect more from Matt's music than nice and pretty. So oh. I'm going to give it a 2.5. 2.5! <gasps> <2. 5. laughs> Sorry, Matt. You're just, you're underachieving a little here. That
2: was super unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I did. I really did not see that coming. I didn't either. Wow. Okay
1: honestly um, neither did i till it was out of my mouth <laughs> but
0: here we are like, now we have it. to reckon with it that's, i own it yeah. <laughs> now it's in the universe <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> courtney gave it a 2.5 yeah now, you, and now you, she's living with that now she when you said google your name that's gonna come up 2.5 yeah. music for insomnia
2: <laughs> oh,
1: speaking um, of now. things that i'm gonna revisit at three in the yeah. morning
2: <laughs> have fun <laughs> with that <laughs> Like no, it's t- it's a solid four. It's a solid three point five. Oh, I regret God. Can we it. We re- re-record. I, re- I
0: have regrets. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And then yeah. there's Lost Contact, the Enigma, the gem at the I, end.
2: I think it's yeah, it's such a gem. I think it's four point five. I think it's really great. And again, I only ever heard it today, so I
0: am. I really can't believe in love that. It. That totally blows my mind. Yeah. But it makes sense because I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same position as you that aren't really a, a few fan of that kind of music that. Have no idea that it's something different. So hopefully, no, some and people... it just never
2: came up. Yeah, It never came up. I didn't. I didn't buy vinyls back then, and there wasn't really like a community, at least that I was aware of, that you know really discussed uh, you know stuff of Matts that was coming out and all this stuff. So I would have had to been. You know, hyper focused on that and really kind of checking every couple months. And I just, again, I didn't collect vinyl. So, so it never came up. And it's, I'm so glad that uh, I found it because I just added it to my Matt Berry playlist and I'm very excited uh, to listen to it more. Yeah. I mean, there I wasn't found a that-
1: community till you
0: started it, Tara. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm responsible. You literally 100%. Started the community.
0: I um I heard it on Spotify just going through the catalog and I was like, oh, oh. oh, what is this little guy? So maybe somebody else will hear it for the first time after listening to this and not realizing it was even there and that it's... I hope so. A good little guy. I don't know why I said that. Um, so a <laughs> good I'm <gonna> little guy. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to give uh, Lost Contact. Uh Ooh, do I go with 4.75? I feel like I have to go with 4.75 again. And I only give it. it the .25 off because I can't decipher what this could be about i don't know I why love that's... that about it i kind of yeah, i kind of just... do but it's i kind of don't i don't know it confuses me i think it's confused it confuses me you're too analytical you just have to sit back yeah just enjoy the show i yeah. don't know
1: for sure what it's about but i know the feeling it's describing of just kind of needing to check out for a little but not in sort of an angsty way just like peace out for a little bit yeah. this is a five out of five for me it's kind of uh. slight but i don't know what the song could do better like, for what it's setting out to do, it's about perfect. So- I should
2: have gave it a five. But I—I I ha- the thing is, I haven't listened to it since today. So, like, I don't feel like I have the love for it that, you know, if you asked me in maybe six months, I would, you know. You don't have an but, emotional connection yeah. to it
0: yet. That's it. That's Maybe it. that's the part that I'm missing. I don't have an emotional connection to it. I really love it, but I don't have an emotional connection to it like I do with some of his other songs. I mean, overall, it's fantastic. I mean, I could defy the laws of maths right now, too, and give it <laughs> five stars. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go with that. I'm going to defy the laws of math and give it five stars. Do it. Because I feel like it. No other reason. I feel
1: like this that doesn't defy the laws of maths. <laughs> because it like gains extra maths. points. Yeah, that's a speech impediment. That's I can't say THs correctly. So <laughs>
2: Oh yeah.
0: They Sorry come enough. out
1: as Fs. Yep. Been like that since I was a kid. It
0: sounded normal to me. Yeah. It did. It sounded
2: like you were like just like British. I liked it.
0: Yeah, it sounded uh-huh. totally normal to me. You say, you say it better yeah. than I do. I can't say it. <laughs> it, it.
2: Honestly, it made you sound fancier. You're just like, I say I say maths, maths. and I was like, oh, shit. like that's, Maybe that's, that's how pretty, I should pretty, say pretty it. Cool.
0: It'd be easier to say it that way. Yeah. Although, you know what? I currently, currently live in the United States, so I don't really have to think about it, I suppose.
1: The United States, where you don't have to think about it. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, my God. That should totally be our slogan. <laughs>
1: That's our tagline.
0: Where nobody thinks about nothing.
1: Leave your brain <laughs> at the door. Hashtag, Wait, leave your brain at the border.
0: Hashtag Using <laughs> Using for Insomniac's part
1: four gains at least a few points because of the awesome album art and the photo on the back cover, which has Matt kind of relaxed feet up in front of a bank of synthesizers reading lost girls by alan moore mm-hmm. which my husband informs me is the worst alan moore book i tried oh, yeah. to sell him on matt by saying look he's reading alan moore you love alan moore and he was like that's like the <laughs> worst alan moore book clearly he has no taste
0: <laughs> why does this not surprise me that that's the reaction you got to that? <laughs>
2: that's so funny so funny, and i bet he so rolled familiar. his eyes
1: too he rolls his eyes every time i mention matt <laughs> <laughs> it's just our our pattern at this
0: point. Oh, friendly banter. <laughs> yes, a, oh, I think yes. it's funny because the back cover is so similar to the front. Uh, the back cover on the single is very similar to the back cover. They go together uh, on the full album, except for the boots. Yeah, He's wearing boots the on the single.
1: I would really love to see more outtakes from that shoot.
0: Yeah, there really are. I'm sure aren't.
1: there's more photos of Matt posing in different ways in planner synthesizers. And I'd like to see what those different poses are. And More of the red converse. And see more of the Red Converse, of course. That
2: would be cool. If we somebody just send us the unedited photos from every album photo shoot, we promise we won't share them with anybody. We'll just look at them ourselves and delete them.
0: (laughs) That was a really subliminal message. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Subtle, Tara.
0: Really, really subtle. Oh, anyway, I guess that does it for Music for Insomniacs. Does anybody have anything else to say? We've I said don't think so many so. Things. Just that
1: this is really one of the coolest albums in Matt's discography and just one of the coolest albums I've heard. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I don't know why the hell you're listening to us, but go track <laughs> this album down.
0: Yeah, stop listening. Well, no, finish the episode and then go listen to this yeah. album in its entirety. Definitely listen to Lost Contact because you'll love it. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. That so, song's a jam and a half. It really is. So that's it, though. We'll be back in a few weeks. What are we doing? Ooh, I guess small doing? hours. No, it's a live no. album. We're doing a live exciting. album.
1: All right, we, we got to debate this among ourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll Stay figure it out. Listeners. You guys will see. <laughs> Alright, well thank you all for listening uh, to our Music for Insomniacs breakdown. Um, I know it probably got a little bit repetitive, but I'm not real sure what else you talk about in an hour-long instrumental. Um, We tried our best. We tried our best. Yes. (laughs) Once again, you can catch us on all the social media. We are at Obsessed Obscure on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and we also have a Discord channel that is linked on all of our other social media. <sighs> it's really join getting... us on discord discord's fun <laughs> and then we'll be back in a few weeks to maybe talk about the live album or possibly talk about something different that's yet to be determined but thank yeah. you again for listening and we will see you next time thank, thank you bye everyone